Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Green Room Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Colin Mitchell, fresh off of Christmas yes. holiday break. How are you feeling? Uh, slightly uh, sick, but it's okay. Slightly sick? Norma got sick on Christmas Eve, and then we went to her parents' uh for everyone that doesn't know, she's Hispanic. So we went to the, you know, the whole thing they do on Christmas Eve. And she couldn't party. She couldn't hang. We had to leave early. And then uh, she's been sick since. How many shots did you take at this party? I couldn't take any shots because we had to leave early. I took one. And then I had mm-hmm. a beer. And then I had to uh, give my gift away for Secret Santa and announce it to everybody. Oh. Um, and then I, I kissed baby Jesus a lot. And then I hugged everybody at midnight. Um, Colin has had some crazy parties at Norma's family's house. There have been some crazy parties. Let's just, I remember when I got COVID, the time I got COVID, I I had too many to drink and I started doing the stanky leg because, uh, we went in a circle, we went in the circle. Right. And it was like, you had to pick a card up and it was like, it was like either tell a truth person, but the person who drew the card got to decide or something like Mm -hmm. I couldn't decide. And it was like a truth or dare. And they're like, I dare you to do a dance. And I was like, well, I ain't got nothing else in the wheelhouse. So here's a, here's a, yeah, I think that truth or dance should be a new game, like a family game night or something. Yeah. We might yeah. have just came up with something. And you have to draw for the dance, be like, all right, stinky, stanky leg. Draw, or, draw for the dance is crazy. Soldier boy. <laughs> Soldier boy. <laughs> the worm. Like you could just go on, on and on. That's a great idea. You should, you should do that. You should pursue that, Bernie. Honestly, truth or dance? Truth or dance? Coming to a local Walmart near you. Yeah, I think Very we got to start true. Dollar General though first, but yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll work our way up. We'll work our way up. Uh, my Christmas was great, Colin. Thank you for asking. I, you didn't give me a chance to ask. It was, um, we had my uh, my nephew and my niece in. They're five and, or they're almost five and almost two. So I'm. So you tell me if I'm wrong here. I went shopping for both of them. And for Marcus, he's uh, almost five. Mm-hmm. I got him probably like $40 worth of stuff, like mm-hmm. four or five different things. Probably adds up to about $40. For um, my my niece, she's almost two. I got her one thing, and it was – she's a big Moana fan. I got her the pig, Pua, mm-hmm. as like a stuffed – or not stuffed, but it's like a – and it like moves if you press the ear, you know, that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was about $16. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's fair to get forty dollars for Marcus and sixteen dollars for my my niece, or that's do you two? think it should have been more even? Two year olds not gonna remember anything. Thank you, thank you. That's my point, right? Who, who who got on you about this? That that's my that's my point. All right, is she that, got on you about this? The two year old? It, it was no, no. <laughs> it was and and she loved the gift. She loved Pua, right? She was yeah. carrying it around. I could show you a picture, but. I was just like, some people were like, hey, you know, maybe you should do even it out a little bit. I'm like, she's two. If I give her something to hold on to for a week, I've succeeded. Yeah. The so, only thing, yeah, the only thing you do with like a two year old is is give them something that you hope doesn't get destroyed and then they cherish it later. But exactly, you know, five year old, you know, that forty dollars is well spent. You know, you like, might you might lose that sixteen bucks in a couple of days. Exactly. Like, I, I think about my earliest earliest memory. Yeah, what is your earliest memory? 
I feel like I remember kindergarten a little bit. No, I feel like I remember some pre-K. You got to remember further back than that. Jesus Christ. Okay, pre-K, I remember going to like the pre-K school. How old were you in pre-K? I, I didn't probably go to pre-K. Four, right? I was probably four. Oh, see, I remember before that. You remember four, four? Yeah. My what earliest memory is nine eleven. <laughs> I was. Uh, first of all, I'm a year older than you, so I was almost five when nine eleven happened. You were not five. Two thousand one. I would have been Eesh, four and a half. Yeah, four. December. You were born seven, December twenty seven, eight, nine. Yeah, I would have been almost five. December ninety six. You were born. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I remember. I remember ninety nine because I lived in these blue apartments, and I remember making shadow puppets on my wall, and also, uh, my dad told me not to cough, so I started holding my breath, <laughs> and he got so mad at me, dude. So that's my that's my earliest memory, probably. It's I don't remember which one happened chronologically, but the second one in those same apartments was when I wore a red, a huge red rings coat, and it was my it was the first Fourth of July. I remember and my dad lit fireworks, and I thought he was lighting grass on fire, and it was exploding, and I started oh. crying. Yeah, so <laughs> no, I think pre-K is about as far back as I can go. I don't think Man, I can go much. You got some much damage. That's crazy. I mean, I don't remember the Spurs 03 title, and I was five. You don't remember the Spurs 03 title? I remember the 05 title vividly. Interesting. Like I was seven. I remember that. So I remember watching the Pistons in the 04 playoffs yeah, against the against the Pacers. We played the Pacers in the. I'm, I'm pretty sure, sure the Pacers were always there. Okay, all right. That's story time with Rooney and Colin. Um, let's talk football. Did you do 9-11? It's crazy. I can't believe you said that. <laughs> do, do you remember 9-11? Yes. Why would you have a national... Sorry, tangent. Why would you have a national emergency and then replay that thing over and over <laughs> and over and over and over again on the TV? Isn't that crazy to you? Like, like imagine a nuke goes off and you're just like, wow. <laughs> let's just watch that go off over and over. Yeah, I remember because uh, my dad... It was weird. It was that huge... Like, I say huge. It was probably small box TV. And my mom just starts crying. And I look over the TV and it's just, <laughs> and then my dad's just we like, shouldn't be pacing. laughing at this. First of all, we're not laughing at, no, we're laughing no. at Colin. Yeah. The, the, them the, well, replaying it, it. It's stupid to do the, oh, it was on, um, I think it was called Fox and friends. That's what it was. It was Fox news. And I remember that stupid little turning thing, but yeah. Why would you have a national where you just over and over again? It makes no sense. Yeah. But I remember that. Yeah, that I, 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 again, I've seen all I've seen is like the documentaries and stuff on it, and it does seem like they did play it a lot. Like it was play. over and over and over again. This is basically the only thing I remember from that. Did you ever? Okay, actually, we're not going to just start talking about 9 11. Okay, um, <laughs> let's talk football. Let's talk North Texas football. Jesus. <laughs> actually, we're not um, going to start talking about 9 11. <laughs> so. There's a lot of places we can start. All right. Uh, this is going to be a, a pretty busy podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to start at a place where I think it's the most like hot button topic right now. And it's the quarterback position. Yeah. Um, When we finished the last podcast, I don't know how long after, it was announced Stone Earl's coming back to North Texas. He's no longer going back to Abilene Christian. He said, all right, I'm coming to North Texas. And... This coincided, I think, with um, North Texas being obviously out of quarterbacks, but then it's seemingly the transfer portal pool kind of shrinking a little bit. It felt like, all right, we're running a little bit out of options here and players are starting to decide and we don't have a quarterback. So, all right, Stone, come back as an insurance policy. 
They get him back. Then as the week progresses, it's probably been what, I don't know how long since we did a podcast, but uh, Braylon Braxton uh, transferred from Tulsa, was between Marshall and North Texas. He selects Marshall. And then North Texas offers uh, Diego Pavia um, out of New Mexico State, who had a really good year there. So with all of that happening, are you concerned? Are you optimistic? Are you faithful? Or like, wh- where are you at in terms of emotions with the quarterback position right now? Like, how do you feel? Two things. And Eric Morris, I trust. I don't know about you. Yes. And Eric Morris, I trust. So whatever ends up happening, I expect the offense to be good. But we say that though. We say but, that. And, but, okay, sorry, but, but we saw Stone Roll before. <laughs> and the fact that we're not offering more quarterbacks is scary to me. And we got, we had, it was just those two. I'm pretty sure. Right. I haven't seen another one. If, if there's another, another one, one if, I have yeah, let us know. But yeah. there's only two. And this guy has been offered by also UTS, according to his Twitter, UTSA. Uh, you said Washington state, Washington state, uh, Western Kentucky. And then if you scroll down, there's a bunch of smaller schools, uh, mm-hmm. Nevada, like, yeah. Like he's going to have offers. So he also has to make decisions. It's not like, here we go, North Texas. Yeah. So um, that Stone Earl, uh, Stone Earl coming back being the craziest thing I'd ever hear in my life is starting to kind of become a reality. And uh, I'm kind of scared of that specifically. Yeah. Um, I That's why I thought Braxton was such a big deal. I, I mean, you get to a final two with you and Marshall. And a guy who's from the DFW area, I watched him play high school football at Frisco Independence. Mm-hmm. And he goes to Marshall. That is a little concerning. I, I I don't know the details of what went into that, but on paper, in theory, you have North Texas coming off a year where Chandler Rogers had an awesome year. Um, as an offense, they were like a top 20 offense. Marshall, meanwhile, struggled. You have a defensive head coach there in Charles Huff. Um you are obviously farther from home than you were at Tulsa or would be at North Texas. So a lot of things in North Texas favor there and they lose that battle. And I think that is alarming to me because while, like you said, we trust in Eric Morris and I have full faith in, like I've, the way I've described it is he is someone who I trust as a playmaker way more than, or as a play caller way more than I did Seth Luttrell. I think he, is able to get the most out of the quarterbacks in a way that Latrell was not able to. But at the same time, Stone Earl, like how low are we going here as far as like, like at a certain point, there's a cutoff, right? There's only so much you can do with X amount of talent. Here's the thing. Here's the thing to mention too. And I'm not sure you can, you can speak more to this than me. Let me find the, the uh, thing here. Yeah. So the transfer portal on three has him, has Diego Pavia rated as a, I guess he's unrated, but he was 80. I see him as an 88. Okay, you see him as an 88. Whenever he entered, it was it was no stars then. Okay, okay so yeah. never mind. That gets to my point. I was going to ask, Stone Rose an 84, or was, I guess. Okay, so, so Stone Rose an 84, Pavia's an 88. Um, 88 I'm now. scrolling down a bit, and I, I still think there are quality quarterback options in the portal. Now, will they go to North Texas? I don't know. Casey Thompson is an 87, uh, transfer out of FAU, was formerly of uh, the Texas to Nebraska, wherever. Uh, Chandler Morris from TCU, you know, he's a Highland Park kid. Uh, he's also an 87. Uh, you, then you have some, you know, kind of backups, I guess, in there from, from bigger schools. 
it's like ultimately there are still options. I mean, I've mentioned Jerry Bohannon before. Robbie Ashford from Auburn is an 86. I think he's actually really interesting. He's rated one above Braylon Braxton. I think they're very similar type of players. So again, there are options here um, for the man. Here's another thing that doesn't make sense here is Braylon Braxton committed to Marshall and they had already gotten a transfer quarterback commit in Mitch Griffiths from Wake Forest who started some games there. This doesn't make sense. And yeah, it, it is interesting. It is a bad loss. Like to lose Braxton, if they were legitimately pushing for him, which it seems like they were, is a pretty bad loss. Like there's no real way to sugarcoat it. So now you're yeah. in Pavia. And like you said, Pavia is much farther from a slam dunk than Braxton was. So now how far down the list will they go before it's just like, all right, we have Stone Row. Yeah. I, I don't think you can give up. And not only that, I don't know, like you you mentioned. Uh, bigger schools backups being in the transfer portal we've seen that time and time again fail in the past yeah. with other schools and at north texas um jace Ruder. jay i mean well you, yeah i mean jake jace Ruder, alec morris we thought he was gonna be really 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 good and he just was kind of okay and then mason took him like you go through the list over the last eight eight years and it's like hmm you know who's gonna who's gonna pan out here um if it is stone earl does your faith go down it's going to have to be a – like the work Morris is going to have to do is going to be incredible. Hey, He's going to have to call like a perfect game. Or do you just run out cash for column? <laughs> we could get to that point. Like I have – I mean, obviously I don't watch high school football. I have no idea how good or bad he is or how yeah. he plays. But – Nor Texas fans love him. First yeah, of all. but it's it's obviously we've seen a lot of freshman quarterback. And again, this was under a different regime. But the biggest thing with Latrell was that they were unable to develop quarterbacks. Right. Yeah. They were unable to get uh, the most out of a Will Keeney and, and guys like that. So. Maybe maybe you roll him out there, but th- the problem is, is. Also, Tate Rodemaker is in the portal, guy from Florida State. Like, I'm just going down the list here, and there's there are still quarterbacks left. I don't think they're going to stop swinging. I don't think they should stop yeah. swinging. Because even if even after the portal window closes, that's only as far as entries go. They can still sign players after that yeah. point. And I think you need to have a quarterback going into spring ball. Like, that's bottom line. You have to have a quarterback or at least a quarterback competition going into spring ball. Right now, they have Stone Roll and J.D. Head. And JD Head's coming off an injury, so it's like I'm pretty sure Casper Collum also uh, early. And Casper Collum, sorry, did, did oh. he early enrolled? That's pretty usually sure. how it goes for for freshman quarterbacks. They I'm pretty enrolled. sure he really enrolled. So, yeah, you have that quarterback room. I would like anybody, somebody. I'm just scrolling down the list here, and I see players that I would take on this team. Drew Pine from Arizona State. I've I've seen play. Um, Kai Horton from Tulane, maybe a little bit of a reach, but I I think he's decent. So. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I do think that's the hot button topic point, a uh, talking point. I think missing Braxton is substantial, and if they can hit Pavia, great. If but that's looking like what maybe like a twenty five percent chance of happening or something like that. Or I mean, who knows? I mean, who knows? I thought I, th- I thought we had uh, Braxton, so <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah. All right, let's talk about some other transfer portal additions here. Uh, running back Trey Bradford from LSU, wide receiver. Uh, DT Sheffield and cornerback David Sprulis. Something, something. David like Sproles. I was hoping you had it. I Sproles. Like, I'm gonna say Sproles. I it sounds. Like, I feel like it's a. It's got to be Sproles, right? All right, David Sproles. 
Um, Sproles is the highest rated as far as on threes uh, transfer portal rankings at 87. Bradford 86. Sheffield 84. Um, Bradford. So obviously, LSU. I, I've seen Bradford a lot of the last three years. He was someone who was like on the program and then went to Oklahoma for a year and then was back on the program, uh, almost like a walk on, but then he was like awarded scholarship. I don't know how to describe it. Regardless, Bradford is someone I think is a really good get for them. Um, I think this is a like this fills the shoes of like an Oscar Attaway pretty substantial, pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying he's going to go out and rush for a thousand yards. I don't know. You know, obviously they have enough talent already. They're not deficient at the running back position um, per se. Uh, They just have to replace a day and Ragsdale and what Johnson. So uh, I I like Trey Bradford. I think he's a really solid back. He's experienced back. I think this will be year six for him. So you get one year of him, you get Patrick Cobbs to work with him. Um, I really don't have concerns on that. Uh, it says that you graduated in 2020. Unless that is from the second time he came back. He he left and then came back and then left. And I, I honestly can't recite his whole. But what class was he? I thought it was class 2019 or 2020. 2020. So it wouldn't be year four. Yeah, he's had a, he's had a trip. That's he's crazy. Trip, let me just say. Uh, but anyways, yeah, I like him out of Lancaster. Former four-star guy. Uh, obviously, the receiver and corner we don't know a ton about, but those are positions of need, right? Those are spots where we're like, all right, well, I, I like Rich Tejada and Lorenzo Thompson uh, and some of the freshmen in the back end, but I still think getting a veteran corner slash DB, you always take that at this point. No, North that's Texas that's really, yeah, North Texas is not in a position to, to turn anybody away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You cast a wide net and... You don't really filter through that. I think you got to cast a wide net and just take as much as you can get there. So uh, Sproles, 87 rated. So on three likes him. I like him then. And uh, you kind of uh, work backwards from there. Uh, DT Sheffield coming over from Washington State. You wonder if that's a connection from um, Eric Morris, his one year there. So that's, you know, Morris at least knows. That's one of the big things with the portal that when you talk to coaches, it's like, the backups are hard to gauge because you haven't seen them and right. you are obviously taking a risk, maybe even more so than high school players. But if the coach has a connection uh, like Morris probably did with Sheffield, then you're able to, to have those practices and I'll have all those reps where you've seen them. So yeah, um, I like that addition. Uh, Sproles is out of Northern Arizona. And uh, those are the only three recent additions. We've covered the other seven to this point. Yes. Well, I'm sorry, uh, Jensen Walker is a long snapper. Out yeah. Of, where is this? I don't even know where that is. Southeastern Missouri, SEMO. Nice. So, yeah, you feel good about those those portal additions here? What, when, I think I'm the most excited about uh, Trey Bradford. I know that, you know, he's had a storied uh, last few years, but I think uh, getting Zach Evans and him, yeah. like you said, instantly kind of refills and, and re-energizes that backfield. And not only that, maybe could possibly be better. I mean, obviously Oscar Attaway and, and IODU are really good, but I think you get a lot of upside with a guy like Trey Bradford. Yeah. Um, Bradford actually on the very first play of LSU season against Florida State caught a pass and took it about 60 yards. Um, 
very first play. He didn't play much the rest of the season, but like he was in See, game one catching passes. You know, that's what we need. <laughs> that's why yeah. Eric Morris wants us as running backs. No, he's a good player. So now you have a running back room of Ragsdale, Bradford, and Evans, and Quan uh, Farrar still on the roster, I believe, too. So I the running back position was never yeah. a real concern for me. Um, I knew they'd get some players, and running backs are, you know, a day certainly deserves credit for what he did in Attaway as as well, but that's not in this offense. Receivers more important, quarterbacks obviously yep. more important. Like, you know, I think that's where you go. So we'll see what else they do. I think you have to add another receiver, in my opinion. Um, I think they're gonna have to add. Well, they've added a couple offensive linemen, so I think they're better there. And then what? Linebacker, probably. Yeah, I was trying to see um, if we missed anybody, but we didn't. But yes. Corner. Yes, I mean, BJ Allen at safety, we talked about. Um, Zayman Bryce, Bryce, yeah. Safety, we talked about. So, um, I mean, Joseph Gene Lewis uh, out of Iowa State. Linebacker. So, yeah, it's they're starting to fill needs. I think they're at 10 so far, 10 players in. So roster's feeling a little bit better than it was two weeks ago. Right. And then uh, real quickly, we can touch on this. North Texas uh, 2024 signing class. You yeah. don't have to go too deep into it, but uh, on all three's industry rankings, they are 80th in the country, 6th in the AAC. I believe 24-7 has them 4th in the American. So somewhere in that 4-6 to six range. Took 20, 27 players, which is yeah. a good amount. But how do I describe this? This is so there are some teams, I think like UTSA, for instance, took like 14 or 15. But UTSA is in the situation where, and it's, this is where some teams are, is without a cap limit at 25, you can take as many as you need. And you can also, with the transfer portal, take maybe like 14. And that's what UTSA did, is where they aren't losing players to the portal as much, so they don't have as much room at the top to get to that 85-minute man cap. And because of that, Jeff Trailer takes a 14-man signing class, and he'll take some transfers, and he'll get to that limit. But, like, retention is the big thing. Yeah. Once you get to being a good program, like like UTSA is under Trailer, you'll lose. Like, they lost um, the edge more uh, to Texas. But other than that, you know, you're you're trying to keep most of your guys, so that's kind of where you want to get to as as a program. But I, I like them taking a big class, twenty seven um, twenty seven signees, and then you add the eleven transfers, so thirty eight new players onto the roster. Um, Not only that, continues the uh, continues getting players from Texas and close to, I mean, close to Denton. I mean, average distance one hundred fifty four miles according to on three, um, and the rating keeps going up from last year. So that's all positive sense like overall rating average rating. yeah yeah um yeah man everybody 93 percent of these are within the state of texas like you said i mean they're all like what two hours away on average yeah some yeah two and a half two hours yeah and this is what we talked about with gabe blair and landed sides um and even if you go you know some of the freshmen who are from like Houston, I think most of them are uh, got a couple North Shore guys, but South Oak Cliff, I think they got a couple as well. So, um, you know, you get the Texas guys, you think you have a better shot at keeping them. I think that's the case across the country. I mean, LSU people talk about keeping Louisiana guys in state because you have a better chance of keeping them. It's the same yeah. thing everywhere. Oklahoma people talk about Oklahoma and Dallas. So, 
Um, I like this group. Jaden Smith at receiver is the highest rated player on on three and 24-7, 87 on both fronts. Um, 24-7 has him as a the number 66 receiver in the country, if I'm not mistaken, or is he an athlete on this site? No, he's a receiver. So, no, he is an athlete on the site. Um, so, yeah, you get a highly rated three-star receiver there that I assume can come in and play immediately. Um you work down d- defensive line, Jaden Langley, 87 on three, uh, 106 defense lineman in the country. So, yeah, good uh, good group. Um, I do think uh, Jaden Petaway, also from uh, Angleton, Texas, 86 on on three and 24-7. So, you know, you're like we talked about last year, they're starting to pick it up where it's like, all right, now the floor is like 84, 85. Yeah. Whereas previously the floor was – 82 not only that you're you're beating out schools that that normally in the past would would be down north texas for example when jaden smith uh husky washington huskies offered him and north texas got the uh got him over them yeah boston college nebraska um those type of teams uh and then i wonder if you go down brings up an interesting point here let's see Jaden langley yeah arizona smu sam houston goes to north texas so those are those are the competitions the north texas will be in at this point and i think as the on-field product continues to improve i think that's where we'll see it be like all right now you can take on those type of teams like especially the big 12 teams now like it's going to be colorado and arizona and texas tech and right tcu and baylor and those teams so can you start stealing from them a little bit that's going to be the interesting thing to me i agree all right, uh, last thing, we can wrap up the podcast. Basketball. Let's do a quick basketball um, recap. I watched a bit of the North Texas versus uh, UT Arlington, Arlington game. We were both busy at the time, but I, I was able to watch a little bit, go back. I mean, they beat the brakes off them, 78-52. Perhaps this and Towson were definitely the two most impressive results of the year. Yeah. Right? Two blowout wins. Does it change anything? There's one game left before conference play, so I want to start setting expectations. And that one game is LSU Shreveport, which is – I don't remember what Shreveport is. I think they're Division Two in the IA. I don't remember what it is. Um, so let's start setting expectations here. January 4th is the first game, Wichita yep. State on the road. They're 81st in Ken Palm right now, which is fourth behind North, FAU Memphis. North Texas SMU. is. North Texas is. Yeah. Um. What do you think? What what are your expectations now? I don't know how much we can take away from a UT Arlington team that is not in the top 150 in Ken Palm. They're 179. Mm-hmm. Um, Wichita State is 112. I think I just I just 117. 117. So you're playing on paper. What is a significantly harder opponent? So all I want to see is that you can continue this against a bad worst team. I'll say to conference play um we saw rondo walker he had seven points and i think like 12 minutes something like that uh what were the stats i have closed them up here i can um, get it i can get it 14 i got him 14 minutes um so he looked pretty good uh but we've also seen this team do good against like i said worse worse teams so i want to see them do it against wichita state and i don't know how what what expectation i can put on i mean in an ideal world, I'd like to say that they're not going to have these terrible shooting um, droughts in conference 
play. So with that being said, I mean, I'd expect him to win that game. If if you want to set overall conference, then we can, I guess. But I think I think it's it's way too. It's like the Pistons now, right? It's like it's way too. For anyone who doesn't know, get your wing stop when they finally win. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're free five wings once they finally win. Twenty seven loss streak. It's like it's almost like an unsustainable amount of like poor shooting during stretches. Mm-hmm. I don't see how that can continue. I think they figure it out. Um, well, but I don't, I don't know how much you can take away from a UT Arlington game. Well, yeah, I mean the problem is like against UT Arlington they went twelve of twenty seven. It's like they have these games where they shoot. 45% from three and it brings everything up. But then you have like games against Fordham, right? Where they go five to 13 from three. That's 38%. It's 39%. First of all, only 13 threes isn't enough. Uh, yeah. They shot one in the second half, I think. Yeah. Uh, but secondly, it's like when you need to make threes, this team is not a reliable three point shooting team. In two Arlington, CJ Nolan went three of three from three or I'm sorry, three of five from three. Yeah. Right. John Bugs went four or five from three. So maybe that maybe that's what they needed. Maybe this sparks the turnaround in those two to be like, hey, I'm going to be a high level three point shooter because now CJ Nolan is up to 10 to 26 on the year. Uh, John Bugs is now 17 to 46 on the year. That's great. But in the losses, John Bugs is one of seven against Mississippi State. Um, 0-4 against Boise State. Uh, he was 2-4 against Fordham. 4-8 uh, against LSU, which is great. So it's like, all right, can we sustain that? Yeah. Can we sustain that if we're bugs, if we're Nolan? Like, those are the two. And now you have Rondell Walker who comes in, and I love him as kind of a slashing wing that can defend. Um, Three-point shooting-wise, he wasn't great. He hasn't been great in his career. He's career 29% shooter, 66 of 225. So I'm not expecting him to be a great shooter, but I do think they need more rim pressure. So that's why I think he's valuable because Bugs and Nolan are not giving you any rim pressure. I mean, heck, you're not, you're barely getting any rim pressure from your fives. Yeah. Right. Sissoko and, and uh, Allen. So we'll see how it goes. I do think he's a high level defender. I feel really good about him. Um, I mean, heck, last year or two years ago at Oklahoma State, he was top 30 in the country in steal percentage. Like this is a guy who I think is a great compliment to uh, Ruben and Aaron. So, all right, if Kimpom has them at eleven and seven in conference, yeah, like I was, that's their project that right now. Do you, you like? Would that be a good year? Do you think they need to get to twelve? Like, what what do you think here? If you were to tell me eleven and seven before the season, I'd be disappointed. Okay, well, going into the season, what we both said coming third. Third was yes. the goal because FAU and Memphis, for those who aren't paying attention, are, are on, insane. A different, on a different yeah. world right now. Yeah, they Memphis are... is ranked 19th and Florida Atlantic is ranked 7th. And yeah. we play Florida Atlantic twice. Yeah. So honestly, as, as much as I hate to say it, those three games, the two FAU and the one uh, Memphis game, like those are probably three losses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. So the rest are going to be like you have SMU twice, home and away. You need oh, to split that's those. That's an important game. You need to split those. Uh, preferably win at home, <laughs> uh, especially since the first one was at home on January 25th. But the problem is is the bottom of this conference isn't as bad as what Conference USA was. And so last year, 
you had games against UTSA, which I understand UTSA is still in the conference. Um, but like Rice, 199 again in the conference. Uh, Louisiana Tech last year was 165. Western Kentucky last year was 173. So Middle Tennessee was was in the middle of the pack. FIU was 210. So you had those games that kind of buffered you a little bit. This year, how many games? Temple was 205. UTSA is 302. Those are the only two games of teams outside the top 200. Uh, yes. And Rice, you only play Rice once. And here's the thing, too, is you go from playing Temple, East Carolina, Charlotte, and then you go to SMU, which is ranked 51. And I think that's going to be a game where we really decide how good this team's going to be the rest of the way through because you're either going to be in that not top tier yeah. of this conference, but you're either in that upper echelon or you're going to be right where you're at in the 80. Yeah. I, I, I think 11 and seven is a pretty fair number right now. Yeah. Because I'm thinking like 12 and six, considering you have those three games against top, you know, right. Those ranked, those two ranked teams. If I'm saying that, and I'm saying you split against SMU, that's four losses right there. Yeah. So in the rest of these games, in the rest of these games, how good is South Florida? I always get confused. 135. 135. UAB's taking a little bit of a dip. Tulane is really good. They play them twice. Wichita State is pretty good. Play them uh, once. Only play UTSA once. Only play Rice once. Like, the schedule is doing them no favors here. No. And I think in these first games, like, before SMU, you play Wichita State, Tulane, Temple, East Carolina, Charlotte. What do you want them to go in those seven games? Six games. Seven. Five games. I just I games. can't. I sorry. I missed the uh the rows there. Five games. Yeah, five, five games. games. Four and one. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think you have to go four and one. Four and uh, one. And, well, then they need to beat SMU at home. That's not including SMU. Yeah. Okay. If you include the SMU game, that's five and one. Yeah. I, I think, think you have to go five. I think one. I think you'd have to go five and one. So then FAU lost. UAB win. That's six and two. USF, Tulsa, SMU, Memphis, your next four. You probably go two and two in that stretch. Put you at what, eight and four? Yes. Eight and four going into the back half, which is UA, uh, UAB, UTSA, Tulane. Yeah, I think 11 and seven is probably accurate. Honestly, if I, I'm going to say 12 and six as my official prediction for this. You're going to say 12 and six? I think 12 and six, which will not, I mean, that, that could be third. That could be third. Them, SMU, and like whoever else, 12 and 6 will be like the fight for third. There'll probably be three teams at like 10, 11, 12 wins in that range. I like 12 and 6. I'll, I'll, I'll keep the 11 and 7 just to keep it different. But it's yeah. 12 and 6. 12 and 6 is a success, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think 11 and 7 is successful. I think I'm just so used to the, uh, the uber success that this team has had in the past. Well, um, and not having a top two top 20 teams and one top 10 team in your, uh, in your conference yeah. schedule. So, well, yeah. And that's, that's the thing is if they like the non-conference is always going to hang over this team, right? Yeah. Just like it would have hung over the, um, the team. in what was it? 2020. Yeah. The 2020 yeah. team that was sort of started off two and five. Like, yeah, it would have hung over that team if they didn't go and win the conference at 14 and four and beat Western Kentucky at home. And we have that moment like to hold on to. And, you know, it's a, the similar type thing in, um, yeah, 2021 when they played, they lost all four of the good games they played in the non-conference that year. Uh, if you go look, Arkansas, Mississippi State, West Virginia, Loyola, 
their their five wins in the non conference that year were against teams in the top bottom like <laughs> what was it three forty one three fifty one three fifty seven not ranked like those were the non conference wins that year but they yeah. went on and beat Purdue in the NCAA tournament so ultimately what determines your season is the conference and the postseason and that's right. what this program has always been built on and I think that that's going to be the case this year once again like. If it would have been great if they had beaten LSU and Boise and Fordham, because then we'd come in being like, hey, this maybe they can compete with Memphis and FAU, and maybe they can, you know, can do some things. Maybe they're, you know, they're, they probably top 50 in Kimpom at that point. Yeah. But they didn't. And so now it becomes get to 12 and six, become be a top three team here, try somehow to get lucky in the tournament, and, uh, or make, make the NIT again. And Ross Hodge first year. Problem is the NIT just has no luster anymore. It sucks. It's so weird. Yeah, this is the first year with it going to what 40, 64, 30, 32? I don't I don't care how I care how it's made up. I don't I don't care how many teams there are in it, but oh yeah. You take the you don't take well, the Well will get in. Nortex will get in if they go 12, 11 and seven, twelve and six in conference. Probably. Yeah. Which year one under Ross Hodge. On a team that I like, but we both know like has limitations. I'm not I'm not too mad at it. If that is the end end goal. But um yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh like I said, LSU Shreveport on December 30th, and then Wichita State on January 4th to start off conference play, and that's when it gets real. All right. That's it. That's all we got. There's a holiday podcast for y'all. Um hope you all had a great uh christmas break holiday break um we're all back to work at this point so yeah real life no more real life not in school so i know i miss it <laughs> I miss those two week breaks sitting here contemplating my life right now why i'm not off till january 3rd <laughs> whatever it is wishing i was 14 i actually work i work on the first oh covering for people because that's my that's the holiday i picked that sucks. It's tough. That sucks. It's I'll okay. be watching football. The college football playoff games. Yeah, I'm sorry LSU's right. not there. That's okay. That's all right. <laughs> they lead off today, actually, January 1st, 11 a.m. Tune in. Who are they playing? ReliaQuest Bowl against Wisconsin. Wow. Yep, just wait. Big opponent. Just wait. <laughs> All right, um, that's what we got for y'all today. Hope y'all enjoyed uh, the episode. Leave us like, comment, share, and subscribe. Um, and yeah, let us know what you think. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Green Room UNT, or X, Green Room UNT. Uh, I think we're at like 466. And then also, check our YouTube. Check our YouTube real quick. We were at 298 last I checked. I think it's still 298, but let me look. This is the video that's going to get us over the top right here. Uh, we've been saying it every week since I shaved my head, Bruni. The, 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 still we're not at 300 by next podcast we're just quitting <laughs> my video had 1k views isn't that crazy yes uh, that video got us some subs that video did some stuff for us right there that is our most viewed video yeah that was the one let's look at these comments some of them no are- utsa last year was was more cute good times i'm glad we get like utsa fans in here now I know. Is I'm glad we funny? get all the different types of fans. It's great. We got like an. I forgot the guy's name, but shout him out. The A's, the guy from the, just like it was like it was like a random team that we played. I can't remember if it was like Memphis I or something it was like Cal. that. Was it? It was Cal. That's what it was. It was Cal, and he's just like, man, I love listening to this podcast. 
It's great. That's great. All right. Uh, yeah. Thank you all for joining us and we will talk to y'all later.